Juan Pablo Torres scored four goals for the United States U-20 team en route to the CONCACAF championship and a berth in this spring's World Cup. Next, he'll try to ignite the attack in the midfield for New York City FC. 19 years old, born in Georgia to Colombian parents, he has signed a multi-year contract with NYCFC following a two-year stint in Belgium with first-tier side KSC Lokeren. He left for Abu Dhabi on Monday with the rest of the city teammates to begin his first MLS preseason. This is Glenn Crooks featuring Juan Pablo Torres on this Soccer City Spotlight. In addition to Juan Pablo, I'll talk to the club coach at Georgia United who spent three seasons with the Lilburn, Georgia native. First question from those here in the Northeast, where is Lilburn, Georgia? It's kind of a region like 40 minutes outside of Atlanta. And, you know, it, it, it was just, you know, it's a, kind of like, just like, like that. Um, nothing like, nothing crazy big, you know, not like the city or anything like that. Like maybe the complete opposite. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's where I grew up and, and lived my whole life. And Juan Pablo said there was quality soccer in the Atlanta area when he was growing up. Yeah, yeah. We had Gwinnett Soccer Association. So Gwinnett County was the county I lived in. Uh, Walker Zimmerman, that place for LAFC, came out of there, you know. Um, I think Atlanta in general, uh, or the state of Georgia, you know, a lot of kids play soccer there. So raised in Georgia to Colombian parents, his mother, she played volleyball and was a swimmer, both at a high level, while his dad played some soccer, but never at the highest level, but with a high level of support. The pushing and the support and everything, you know, a lot of it kind of comes from my, my dad. You know, he's, he, he was the one taking me, you know, a lot to the, my games and my practices. And you'll hear later how his father and mother helped mold Juan Pablo into the sort of professional that he is today. As for his next step after GSA, it was a new development academy club, a unique collaboration of clubs in the area to cater to the elite players. It was called Georgia United, and for Juan Pablo, a chance to play year-round at a high level. Play like two seasons instead of one, and, and, and you won't play high school soccer, and it's going to be a competitive level. You're going to, you know, and I saw that you know, it was a, you know, a professional like a step, I think, a lot to Georgia United. After three years in the DA, Juan Pablo was thinking overseas, Europe. It started with a trial at Schalke in Germany and some critical lessons learned. For me, it was kind of an experience to see the level of the kids there and see the intensity. And that, that was the thing that kind of shocked me the most. The training sessions were very intense. It was a very high level. They play with a lot of heart, you know, because, I mean, a lot of them, football maybe is the only thing that they can that they can do, you know, whether to support their family. So Juan Pablo understood that he personally had never trained with that kind of intensity, and it was something that he brought back with him to America. Soon thereafter, an opportunity in Belgium with Lokeren, first with the U19s, and then he signed a first-team contract. But after only two appearances in two seasons in Belgium's top tier, Torres needed a change of environment, eventually signing a multi-year contract with New York City FC. I asked Juan Pablo to describe himself in the midfield. I like to think that I can play, you know, anywhere along the midfield three, you know, whether it's the defensive, the six, uh, or even, you know, higher up the pitch as, as a 10. You know, I think I'm very comfortable on the ball. And I've had, I've had experience with, with a lot of the positions. You know, at number six, uh, I was playing there and I got older and then started moving up with the national team. Then I started more playing the eight role. It was in the eight role and attacking midfield that Torres contributed goals for the U.S. under-20s. And being that he has South American blood, 
I wondered if he ever entertained the idea of representing Colombia on the international level. I had been invited to some camps with Colombia, but you know, it was it was always a no brainer for me. Uh, my parents, of course, are from Colombia, so I have that pride in me because that's where they are from, and that uh, and and you know they had us, and that that's their culture. But you know, it's the country that I feel pride for is the country that that I would want to fight for. And that's the USA, where Juan Pablo Torres will represent this spring in Poland at the U20 World Cup. I thought it would be fun to chat with Juan Pablo's club coach at Georgia United. His name is Dave Smith. He's now the executive director of NASA Top Hat Soccer Club in Atlanta. And at the end of this conversation, he's going to give his views on solidarity payments. But first, the kid who joined Smith at 13 years of age. Juan Pablo, the first time I saw him, he grew up playing at a club called GSA, um, Gwinnett Soccer Academy. And the first time I saw him, I was actually coaching a U13 boys team out of my club, um, NASA. And um, we were playing against them. We both had both clubs had very good teams in that age group. Um, And when he was, I guess he was 13 at the time, that was the very first time I saw him play. And he was just, he looked like a little mini professional, very polished and composed, even at that age group. So we knew who he was then. Um, when George United came together, he had just started to get looks at the national team program. And so the national team people, when the George United model came together, everyone suggested to him that that's probably the environment he needed to be in. And so we were obviously lucky enough to get him straight out of the gate, you know, from the very beginning you know, Juan carried himself like a little mini professional, very polished, um, the way he treated teammates, the way he treated coaching staff, the way he treated referees, um, just everything about him wasn't a normal 13 or 14 year old kid. And, you know, you combine that with incredible work ethic and, and the tremendous talent he just had. And we kind of always knew he was on a path to to get to where he is now. And I think there's even bigger things in, in his future still to come. We had a, that, that team that he was on, obviously we were very fortunate um, because of some of the players, Andrew Carlton, Chris Goslin, Patrick Okonku, um, you know, the, the training environment where it's very competitive and at a very high level. So, you know, we, we, we were able to create environments that gave opportunities for players like Juan and these other boys um, a chance to chase their dreams. And, you know, that was our biggest thing. That's what I, I coached all those guys for two or three years. And, and Juan embraced it and, you know, was a leader on all fronts with that whole group of kids. What did you learn about Juan Pablo's background? Just uh, you talked about how professional he was at a very young age and how he treated people. Uh, that normally comes from the parents or the environment, uh, certainly before you got them. Um, I, I think that strictly comes from his upbringing. Um, you know, his dad can get, you know, at younger ages, like a lot of parents can get very excited on the sidelines, as a lot of parents do. <laughs> I, but, are you sh- but, I've never seen that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it was all out of just pure passion. And he didn't go overboard by any means. But but when you had a chance to have just, a, you know, away from the soccer field conversation, um, with his parents, you could easily see, you know, the type of people they were, the type of in- integrity that they carried themselves with. And you could see it in their whole family, you know, from when they got out of a car in the parking lot to walking up to the fields to games, um, just the way the whole family was kind of conducted themselves. You could see where Juan had, had gotten all those things for sure. Can you be more specific about uh, Juan Pablo, the player? 
you know, what is it that that sets him apart? You know, he has he has all the things that you look for um, for a, a high level uh, midfielder in in the game of soccer. Um, tremendous composure, um, special levels of vision, sees the field and sees passes that a lot of kids don't. Um, is very technically gifted. Um, you know, and, and he's one of those players that when you put him, you know, when you put him in with some other players, he raises the level of everybody around him. Some people like to get on the ball and show you what they can do. Um, Juan Pablo loves to play one and two touch and move the ball and get everybody involved and, um, you know, increases the speed of play. Um, he, he just brings a lot of things at a young age. He brought a lot of things that we hadn't seen um, in players that young before. Um, and I, you know, I saw it with us, which obviously impressed me. And then I saw him when he played with a number of the U S youth national teams and it was the same. Um, so he's always been on the track that he's, that he's set on now. And I, like I said before, I don't think he's close to have reached his potential yet. How much have you seen him, uh, perform, uh, since he's, turn pro or since he's moved away from the club have you been able to watch it all or or, or hear back from him um I, I don't know what your you know what your relationship or communication with him is yeah um so i've seen him play a couple times um through streams and whatnot in belgium and then i watch obviously all the under you know the u20 stuff and i you know i'll shoot him a text after i watch him play um you know to give him my two cents on 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 uh on how i thought he did um, but for the most part, it's just to, you know, tell him congratulations and tell him how proud I am that, you know, um, all his hard work is, is paying off for him. So um, he he's uh, he's great about it. He actually, you know, he'll text me back when he gets a chance. But I'm sure every time he's out there with the national team, I know he has a lot of fans here, um, a lot of supporters here in Atlanta. So I'm sure he gets text messages and stuff from from all over the place. But he's always good about getting back to me and and just kind of checking in. In fact, during the off season, a little quick story, I happened to be out of town at the big coaching convention in Chicago and I got a phone call from a number I didn't recognize. So I answered it. And, um, Juan Pablo and a bunch of his old teammates from George United had gone over to one of our complexes where we used to train and we have a really nice turf field that we built there. Well, the park was all locked up. So they all parked out in front of the gates and they went in and we're having a, a big pickup game with a bunch of, you know, I think a couple of the women's national team players um, who live here in Atlanta happen to be in town. Um, a bunch of Andrew Carlton and those guys that played with majority United, and they had a big pickup game going. Um, well, the police came and started to ticket and we're going to tow cars away. And so Juan called me and asked me if I would talk to the police officer to let him know that, hey, the kids are, even though they're parked outside of our gate, it's okay that they're not there. Please don't get anybody in trouble. So they were out there just for a pickup game. Um, and I had to get on the phone with the police and <laughs> and tell them that, you know, <laughs> you know don't, don't, don't ticket these kids. Don't tow any cars. They're just out there trying to get a little bit of, of soccer in. Yeah, we're we definitely okay at this club. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to. We definitely don't want to discourage pickup. I mean, my gosh. No, 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 no. Yeah. All right. Where do you see him fitting in on the professional level? In discussions with him, he he says he's comfortable with the, most of the midfield positions and has played the six, the eight, the ten. What do you think? Um, I think eight is probably uh, 
where I see him is probably where I think his best role is. He definitely can play uh, the six. He definitely can play the 10. Um, if I were to put those three in a pecking order, I would say eight, six, 10. Um, he's fantastic when he sees the game in front of him with his vision. Um, you know, he can do the work of the eight and get box to box. Um, and he can be creative. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be more, more of a player that gets on top of that gets on the ball and plays that killer pass that, you know, breaks the back line or gets his team in behind, um, you know, those are the areas that I see he really thrives on. He can score goals, and I think he he proved that recently with the U-20s. Um, but I think, you know, if you asked him, I guess he would say he gets more joy out of setting other people up um, than he does being the actual goal scorer, even though he has the talent to do both. Yeah, four goals in uh, seven matches with the U-20. So when you, when you watch him perform with the U-20s and, uh, on a big stage and now the World Cup is next, you're uh, certainly not surprised by what you see? This is something that you, uh, you felt would happen all along? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of really good players um, in this country now, and I think the Development Academy has, has played a big role in that, um, showing kids you know, the path to that next level. So I think we have a lot of really good players in this country. Um, and it comes down to kids getting the opportunities at the right time. And then when you get that opportunity, do you perform? Um, and I think Juan just showed that in the U-20s by performing on a big stage. And and I think it's a springboard to, to the senior level. Um, you know, I think Greg, uh, the new coach, is going to come in and give a lot of players a lot of opportunities. I think Juan will, will get an opportunity at some point. Um, and it, when that happens, he definitely has everything in his toolbox to be able to play at that level. Um, you can just see it, you know, do you perform at the moment where you get the opportunity? And that's, you know, the, the make or break of, of any professional athlete. You know, pe- people make a big deal out of Tom Brady. Would Tom Brady be Tom Brady if he hadn't landed at the Patriots with Bill Belichick? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he would have been out of the NFL in three years. So a lot of things have to come together at the right time, the right coach, the right environment, the right players, the right style of play. But I see all that kind of lining up in favor of of the strengths that Juan brings to the field for sure. For the national team and for New York City FC, Dolme Toronto, the head coach, 11 years sitting next to Pep Guardiola, feeding him some uh, insight as well, but learning a lot. Uh, in that time, so uh, you feel like uh, Juan Pablo uh, fits into maybe what Tehran would like to do? Oh, without question. <laughs> One of the things I always felt was uh, was funny is, you know, Juan, every time he walked up to practice, man, he was rattling off whatever game was on TV that day, and he specifically has always been a big Barca fan. He loved the ticky-tacky. He loves, he loves that style of play. He loves possession. He loves playing through the lines. Um, you know, he's all about that. And so I think he could not be in a better better situation um, to give him the opportunities that, you know, he's worked so hard for. Yeah, and he mentioned Busquets as a role model, so that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could, he could have worse, uh, worse role models. Well, Dave, you're uh, in this position of executive director, not just for Georgia United, but you mentioned NASA Top Hat. I, I wonder if I could just ask you about the uh, topic of solidarity payments. Now, here you're in a position where you've developed a kid. He's moving on professionally, maybe has his eyes on Europe. What's your club's or 
the clubs you've operated with. What, what's your stance on solidarity payments? It's something that I think definitely should happen. Um, if we're going to create these environments, you know, um, I, I, I'm more about can we create the right environment for players like Juan or Andrew Carlton or Chris Goslin to thrive in? Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm not as much as a, hey, look what we did. Look at we made this Juan Pablo kid now give us some money. If you create the right environment, you attract the right kind of players and your environment provides opportunity for those kids to be competitive and grow the direction they want to go. Then, you know, across the world in this sport, people get compensated for their role in those development steps. Um, and I definitely think U.S. soccer needs to bring that um, needs to bring that to the table for for the clubs. You know, Crossfire, I know Bernie out at Crossfire is big into that. Um, there's another club here in Atlanta called Concord um, that's tied into that whole solidarity thing as well. So I think it's something that needs to happen. I understand why it wasn't there before, but with the evolution of the game and the evolution of the sport in our country, um, I think it's time that U.S. soccer change their view on that and start, you know, rewarding the clubs. Because I think if clubs realize that that's going to come back their direction, I think they will go to greater lengths to you know, provide more resources and more opportunities and better training environments for kids. Uh, it's great to hear from the youth coaches of the professional players. That's Dave Smith, formerly of Georgia United, where for three years he coached Juan Pablo Torres, one of the new members of New York City FC. This has been the Soccer City Spotlight. I'm Glenn Crooks.